never know what's going to happen in this sport in this sport you never know with with these fights anything is possible i do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in mma history he didn't know it was going to be a buffet though he thought it was going to be a three-piece now you're getting the whole mgm grand buffet to the face man everyone welcome to the rj ringside podcast i'm your host heidi fang joined in studio with adam hill our mma writer larry Mir, our producer and today we have a special guest joining us in studio list max holloway the ufc featherweight champion who's going for his fourth title defense against alexander volkanovsky t-mobile arena this coming saturday that's december 14th max it's great to have you in how are you doing today it's great to be here when you said uh special guest i thought so you was gonna bring somebody else in yeah <laughs> i saw you look around i was like no that's you man <laughs> thank, thank you, you again. thank you guys for having thank so we, for having we have to start very importantly here because fighting whatever we'll get into that but the outfit today sick first of all that that is a that is just Drake, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, is it? I mean, this is your guy. So yeah, I mean, yeah. are you uh, are you collaborating on outfits now? Is he just sending you some stuff? What's going on? <laughs> so I just heard it through the grapevine. They only bless when they attach to you. Okay. So <laughs> okay, I okay. just joking. You know, uh, yeah, you know, I love I love it. OVO is cool. I got that tenth island going on with uh with Canada with Toronto. I got I get nothing but love, but from from Toronto all the time and. Um, I'm sad I'm not in Toronto. It's like kind of bittersweet that I'm not in Toronto this 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 December. Yeah. Because I'm in the Ninth Island with all my fellow Hawaiians over here, but uh I miss you Toronto and hopefully uh, I see them fight night out here. What what do you think? I mean, obviously you've you've had some big fights there, some, you know, great receptions from crowds, but like what what is it about that city that just you've embraced and that they've embraced you so much? Ah, uh, it's just I think the culture, so diverse. It's, it reminds me of like Hawaii, you know, the the city is the city's clean as it can get it's a dope city there's an underground city whole like we could walk you can walk in regular clothes when it's like minus 20 out there so it's it's crazy it's just uh it's just the mutual and then the love that it means so much to me because i i won my interim title there and then i got to defend my title there so it's just awesome i'm a i'm a big raptors fan now we got uh bobby webster shout out to him i think he'd be out to the fight here but he's a gm for raptors so that the, the connection is is just, is just nuts. You're huge with the NBA, man. I mean, okay, if you had to compare yourself to any player in the NBA, who would you say you are? Who would I say I am? Um, I'd be probably Alex Caruso. I'm not supposed to be here. A lot of guys. <laughs> a lot of guys. You know, you see Alex jump. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, this, this boot got hot. I don't know, you know. But that's what I would say. You know, I would say... I'm not supposed to be sitting in front of you, you know, and, and this and that. And Alex is actually killing it for the Lakers, so you know, to lose to him. That was the. That's probably the last player I would right. have expected yeah. you to compare to there. That's interesting, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's different in that I think you're saying you overcame the odds. Oh he, yeah, him, him like the, the lack of athleticism, and I mean, he actually has it, but nobody no, thinks yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, you're different for you. You, you're an incredible athlete and everything else, but had to overcome other things to try to make it this far, and, and overcame the odds and. Everybody is a, a long shot to get to this level, but I guess why do you think you you persevered? Is this the right road? Is this the right road? You know, I think uh, everybody has a decision in life. Everybody has a path. And uh, the city I grew up in, in, in Oahu, it's called Wainai. I just saw a lot of people with, with way more talent than I had just, like, kind of, like, give it away. And it was, like, throw it away for little stuff that I, I kind of thought so whatever. And then I, also the drugs and stuff was crazy and I saw it ruined family so I always told myself I'm not gonna do this 
I'm not gonna do this for me. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna show people that a little kid from the west side of Oahu can do it, and uh, if I can do it, why not you? There's, I mean, everybody everybody gets to their eventual you know destination through all kinds of different paths, obviously. But it, like, there's many decisions along the way. Is there is there a point where you can look at it and say, man, this is this is the turning point. This for me. Like if I, I could have gone one way, instead I went this way, and and that's really where I ended up now. Yeah, you know, uh, for sure. You know, I could have. I tell you, guys can ask my uh, my my head honcho, Ryan Lazarus. I tell him all the time. You know, when I actually told him in the back when we when we fought um, Jose Aldo in Rio, it was just me and him inside the in in the doctor room, and I hugged him, kissed him on top of his head, and I said thank you. I was like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be in the U. Uh, I would have made it to the UFC. I believe I would have made it, but I would have been that 0-2 guy, that guy that telling everybody I'm a UFC vet, but technically you're not because you didn't win in it. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's just what I that's that's what I was telling him because if I never met him, he 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 really expands my my knowledge as like as a person, and then as as uh, as a mixed martial artist too, and then how to apply that to my life too. So he he helped change my life in many ways that that he he really don't know. How about schools in Hawaii? I know that you've really kind of worked and focused on trying to help out the others that are out there trying to make their way into the UFC. Um, haven't you? I think you started a gym out there, haven't you? I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I oh, wish okay. I did. Well, maybe. <laughs> Next Ho- step. Hopefully, we yeah. see. Yeah. We see what happens, you know. But um, it's just uh, we always welcome guys to come train at the gym all the time. You know, if you, if you guys think so, you guys got something, let us know. Come, come train. Come. Come see how it is and, and see if it's for you, you know. Um, I think uh, martial arts period, you know, jiu-jitsu period is is great for uh, for any person. It, it's a lifestyle. Jiu-jitsu really is a lifestyle. It can really change change your life, you know. You just, you, you see it all the time, you know. I see guys all the time that come in a little bit overweight, this and that. They start training jiu-jitsu. They, they, they start getting more confident, this and that. They end up getting girlfriends. They get a blue belt and then they disappear for a little bit. <laughs> they forget, you know what I mean? They forget what got them there. And then they, they find their way back to jiu-jitsu. But it really is a lifestyle. It really is a lifestyle. It's a mindset. And I think so jiu-jitsu helps, helps out in life, especially when you go to certain gyms, you know. Not all the gyms is the same, but uh, I like to think that our gym, you know, uh, I have Ryan Lazar's. Uh, he's he was under Pedro Sauer, and Pedro Sauer always says the important thing is like you always gotta be a white, a white belt, my friend. Whenever you walk into the room, whatever it is, even if you're the highest guy in the room, you just gotta be a white belt. His he always thinking, always trying to find out new ways to approach life and approach jujitsu. Sorry, is is that your mentality? That as a, as a fighter, you've accomplished so much. You you had the long winning streak, or you're knocking everybody out. You're you're winning all these fights, but you keep taking these these challenges. Take the next step, move up, try to challenge somebody else. Like what what is it that keeps driving you to try to do more and accomplish more? You just said it. You just said it. You know, um, GSP once said that uh, it's easy to win the fight because you're earning something brand new. It's harder to to keep re-earning something that you already have, right? Like, if I, I'm the champ already, why, why why, wake up and train? Why do this and that? But uh, it's it's what we want to do because the questions, the questions, a lot of people present questions and, and this and that and the challenges. That's what excites me. When we sit down to the team, they, they, they tell me, oh, they, this might be a problem, this might be a problem. When I hear more problems, more questions, I'm like, that brings smiles to my face because that's great, you know, and... And people can keep doubting, you know. I want to be the best mixed martial artist of all time, not the best featherweight fighter, you know. And and that's what I want to do. I want to work hard and, uh, you know, keep going to our goal.
Max, um, coming from Hawaii, um, obviously BJ Penn was probably a huge influence on you. Any other fighters that you looked up to or were uh, a, a huge fan of coming up? Uh, you know, it's funny that you say BJ Penn's because the one, the huge guy, my nickname was actually after him for a little bit was uh, Jen's little evil pulver. <laughs> yeah, how, cra- how crazy! Yeah, crazy. I-, I remember watching uh, 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 Jen's fight in a K1 kickboxing match. And he was doing real good, and then he ended up getting knocked out in that fight. But I was like, instant fan. And then I found out that he was a wrestler before he was a striker, and he was doing that. Like, he left MMA and mixed martial arts where he's favored to go and strike, and he's a boxer. And I was like, God. That's always impressed me about guys. Yeah, Yeah, this guy is wild. I was like, I liked it, you know? And then I I got my nickname because of that. I I asked my trainer, I was like, hey, can I get the nickname Lil Evil? And then I was Lil Evil for a little bit. Now we're blessed, so. That's what, good. I guess where did where did that come from? Did you is that what you wanted? Or did somebody put it on you? The the blessed nickname is that something that you said? Hey, I want this, or is that somebody something bestowed upon you? Ah, uh, yeah, you know, I think nicknames you need to always like somebody needs to give it to you. Yeah. If you give it to yourself, that's kind of wild. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my old coach, my old coach, he gave me he gave me this uh, he he gave me little Eva, and then and then uh, we was training for God's army at the time, and then it just kind of like you know I had an interaction with someone and. It kind of made sense when, after that interaction. So I, t- I told him, like, hey, look, you know, can I change my nickname and this and that? And then it was after one of my fights, and I came back to the gym the following week after one of my fights. I told him, oh, you got a new, na- uh, you got a new name for me? And he was like, nah. He's like, only thing that comes to, my na- um, comes to mind is blessed. I was like, perfect, I'll take it. He's like, <laughs> he's like take what? He was like, blessed. I was, he was like, you want to, it's cool. He's like, we never ever heard no other fighter being nicknamed blessed. So it was cool. Well, let's get into the fight a little bit. Alexander Volkanovsky, he's undefeated right now in the UFC, 20-1 and overall. So when you look at a guy like him that has all the momentum behind him, everything rising, where do you think, like, you have the best strengths over somebody like him? We see what happens, you know. Everybody keeps saying, like, uh, about his win streak and this and that. And the fun thing is that... All that don't matter. It doesn't matter. All that matters that night, you know, who shows up that night and what happens, you know. And he presents a lot of questions, like I said, you know, like his uh, his pace. He keeps talking about his pace. I'm excited. You know, I'm a pace fighter. Uh, they keep talking about his power. You know, I'm excited to see, you know, this. You know, I got, you guys know I love uh, cupcakes. So, you know, I heard this one packs a punch. So we get to find out, you know, and then... Um, also, also his height and stuff. Everybody's like, "Oh, you're so much taller, this and that." I'm like, "Guys, but he has a two inch reach advantage on me, you know, like most of these featherweights do, you know." So, it is what it is. It's just, it's just exciting times ahead, and I just can't wait. You mentioned the reach. Well, I remember um, there was an interview that you just did at a media day in Los Angeles, and you were saying that you think of yourself sometimes as a T-Rex, yeah, so that yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah, to work yeah, the reach. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do to try to prepare and game plan for that, and to to use your best assets in this fight? Um, I watch Toy Story a lot. You know, I'm T-Rex. I see, I see how he uh, he uh, he do life his life problems in there. Then I apply it to my life. But uh, you know, all jokes aside, I know what I got. You know, I know my reach. I know my I know my I know how to kick, where to push, where to punch, where to get out of zone. So it's just something that you know I can't just grow it overnight. Be like, grow longer reach. You know, maybe stretching a little bit might help a little bit, but yeah, not too much. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I just need to hang more uh, uh, outside of camp, whatever it is, on top on top poles and stuff. So <laughs> we see what happens. You know, um, we we figured it out. You know, I I got I got some of the great greatest coaches. You know, they you, people don't even know them. You know, even my manager and stuff because they're so behind the scene. You know, they, they just want me to have the light. So. 
they, they, I got the greatest minds, I believe, in MMA. You know, these guys don't do, they don't do interviews. They, they hate talking. I gotta, I need to beg them when, when UFC calm down, calm down, or media. I'm like, I'm like, UFC calm down. Need coaches. You guys gotta talk. And they're like, why? I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but you guys need to do it. Well, was there a point in your career that you realized that you had to do these things? I mean, I don't think you've ever not liked it. You know, nobody loves doing it, but like, th- you have to do these things and, and talk and, and expand your career. Was there a point you realized that? It comes to the territory. You know, it comes. To, I, I knew what I was getting myself into. You know, I hear people complaining about the media and this and that and and whatever. But you know, you guys, you guys help. You know, it, it helps a lot with getting our name out there and and selling our fights. So, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's a push reward you know the greater you get the more media you you have to do and and i understand that i hear people complain about i'm like guys did you not do your research do you not see people other people complaining about the media like i heard about the the other champs complaining about the media so i was like man this is something that you mentally got to get prepared for too you know because sometimes they forget about actual training i'm like we but that's come i got one of the best teams ever they make sure everything in line for me and if i don't want to do something they'll and I tell them I'm not gonna do something. They're gonna fight for me to the death with whoever it is, and you know I love them. On, on the on next level of that, like with all the success and and all the publicity and limelight, everything comes like opportunities to do super fun things. Sometimes we see you at NBA games and all these yeah. other things. Was there anything that you were like, oh my god, this is super cool that I got to do this? Uh be in the movie, be on yeah. Den of Thieves. I think that was fun. I wish I could be in more movies, but the way my training schedule is and the way I like fighting. So much, uh, you know, like three to four times a year, and my manager kind of gets a heart attack every time. But I think so. Uh, if if I can get more movies, mo- movies is fun. Like being on the set is fun. It's not fun when you're actually a fighter though, because like there's a thing called the honey wagon where the snacks is just <laughs> yeah. you can just keep getting snacks, and then you got you got like a personal chef there, and 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 the stuff it's like. They, that wasn't the fun part, but the fun part was like meeting uh meeting all the other celebs. So it was cool. That sounds like a great job for after fighting. Oh, one hundred percent. That would be unrecognizable. How how big are you gonna get after you're done fighting? You're just gonna blow up. I don't up? know. I keep I, I I keep saying I'm gonna get huge, but they probably won't let that. You know, like when 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 it comes to a point, like I I know, like I always explain to people, like I know that. I sometimes I eat too much sweets, but I know I'm gonna go work it off. That's why. So when that plant when that tar- that stop. Uh, when I stop working out, then I probably got to, you know, it's a lifestyle. Get to a jiu-jitsu lifestyle and actually be skinny. As you, as you get older, weight cutting obviously gets a little more harder because your body starts slowing down metabolism-wise and stuff. Um, is there what, – what, what's your plans once that starts happening? Are you still going to make the cut to 45? Or are you going to try to go up? Is there, is there a future for Holloway in 55, yeah. 70s? Yeah, for sure, you know. Um, there's a future for me at probably 185. Who knows? You know, I'm Polynesian, Samoan, <laughs> I'm Hawaiian. I can get there. You know, it just be me just getting in the gym and actually looking right and putting on right the right way to do it. So, you know, I I always told them, we always said, you know, I got I got some of the best guys working behind me. And when, when they tell me, look, 45 is not doable anymore, 45 is not doable. You know, right now we got everything firing firing on all cylinders and uh, it's it's working. I think you want to fight both uh, Connor again and Khabib, which didn't get to happen before. But if you can only pick one of those fights to take in the future, which one do you want? Uh, whatever one lines up with legacy, whatever whichever one gives me the the biggest the biggest fight for legacy and be like, oh man, this guy's the greatest. You know, that's what I said. It, 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 yeah, I heard I know Connor's coming back and and Khabib is Khabib, and 
whatever whatever guys you know if they trying to be the greatest in the world i'm going to run into them again that's just it that uh that could be fight Certainly was a crazy. It's the weirdest week I've ever oh, been a yeah, part of. Oh yeah, it was a wild but week for you being at the center of that. Like now that we're away from it a little bit, what was that week like for you? The week was nuts. It was, it was insane. April Fools, I had to call my coaches to tell them that I took a 155 title fight. You know how hard that was. <laughs> Everybody thought I was lying. I was like, I'm not lying. I was like, I really need. One of my coaches, Rylan, was he he just had a newborn and they just was leaving that day, the the hospital. And he was like, what? Are you serious? Like, For those who don't, it was six days, yeah, right? Six yeah, days yeah. out, you're like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, so no, no. everybody thought I was lying. I called up everybody, and I texted everyone. I was like, look, guys, I'm fighting. They're like, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I text them, and I called them all out personal. I was like, I'm fighting. Like, we, we need to book these flights now. And they didn't then, believe it. They didn't believe it until it was yeah, on Twitter. And then, and then when we got there, it was crazy. And then, you know, the whole thing went down in fight week was this. This Brooklyn man, New York, New York is crazy. <laughs> All of New York's cards is crazy. Yeah. I don't ever want to. I want to play in Madison Square Garden, yeah. but, but uh, I don't know. It, to come with that much drama, I don't know. Well, okay. Um, we talked about the fight. You mentioned your legacy there. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? You've been in this fight game for so long already. Um, you've talked about going up to 170 even to fight there for a title. That you don't want to be just the guy that has two titles. You want to be the guy that has three. So, I mean. You haven't got there yet with 55s, but how do you see the progression going? What kind of legacy do you want to leave with the name Max Holloway in the UFC? The greatest. The greatest of all time. The greatest of all time mixed martial artists during my era. You know, like whenever they talk about it, like, oh, during that time, Max was the man. You know, that, that that's that, that's just it. You know what I mean? There's there's level to this. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a Michael Jordan era. You know, then Kobe's and then LeBron's and who are, J- Jamar is looking like he's ba- coming up. Um, Luca is look like he's like there's all there's all these eras. You know what I mean? Like we can't like when I'm done fighting, I'm done fighting. But while I'm here or whatever, I want to say like when when he was fighting, he was the best to do it. You know, and th- and that's the goal. You know, so whatever is the plan, however, whatever it takes, whoever it takes to get there, then you know, let me try him. You know, like I said, bring that new mysterious. Cupcake flavor up. I, I, I'll take the first bite. But what? What? Jordan or LeBron though? That's the big question. Jordan, you cannot pick. Why, why can't two legends coexist? <laughs> I mean, it's LeBron. LeBron is LeBron's bigger, stronger, LeBron faster. A, it's not fair. It's not. It's not fair because I can. I can say LeBron because I'm watching LeBron. I didn't watch Michael. You know what I mean? But he he he's a goat. You know what I mean? He he's been a while for. I've been around for a while for a long time, and you just. Le- legends uh, live in eras, you know, so he, he's a legend in, in every way. Okay, so we talked about whether it be Khabib or Connor, but if you did have the chance to fight Connor again, it's been quite a while since that fight. Um, what weight class would you want to do it at, and does that really interest you to get that fight again? Yeah, you know, whatever weight class. You know, I don't, I don't care. I know we can both agree to just show up fight night. Let's not weigh in. Let's not tell everybody our weight and just show up and let's fight each other. You know that. That's just it, you know. Back in, I, I tell my friends all the time, but you know, UFC won the tournament style. They didn't have no weight, you know. I'm in in the Coliseum times when they fought. There wasn't nobody was walking around the scale and be like, oh, you're you're point one over. You can't. <laughs> I can't take this fight with you. Ten percent of your purse. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just my mindset. You know, my mindset. I'll fight him, whatever. You know, if if this is the best guy in the world, if people are telling me he's the best guy in the world, then I I, I want to crack at it. Obviously, when you when you fought Connor. 
after that fight, he kind of, you both took off from that fight. But I mean, popularity-wise, media-wise, I mean, he just blew to another planet. Did you did you know? Could you see something in him where he's like, oh, that guy is going to be like a big star in this world? I you know I don't know I I, I can't say obviously no, but you kind of know it's a big deal when like before we walk out in the fight, we was, we was in the back. They hold us. They're like, oh wait, stay right here. We're gonna air your guys walk out live. I was like, oh wow. And then when I walk out and he walks out, they do the champion champion uh the championship walk for him. And I was like, oh wow, this is cool, you know. So like and during there, like it's it's cool, whatever. And then after the fight, you get watched back and you look at it, it's like, oh yeah, you know, there was uh there was hoping this guy take off and he did, you know. So you know, kudos to him and he he killed it. What do you think of him now? Kind of looking back, not only your fights but everything that you've seen from him. What what are your thoughts on him? I think we're all human, you know. I I think we all make mistakes, and and I think it's uh, it's not how we start the race, it's how we finish, and I, I and I think so. He's trying to right all his wrongs, so you know, power to him. And I'm glad that he's back in the sport, and figured it out because when he was fighting, you know, he wasn't doing too much crazy stuff. So hopefully he can get back on that horse, and and we see him then. You know, I I wish nothing but the but the best for a guy. He's a he's a father like me. He got he has two child, and uh, I. I hope he can, uh, you know, pick off where he left off. We'll get you out of here, but do you, I mean you've been th- you've been through the same kind of amount of success? Do you see how it's easy to go, like to go the wrong way with success? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's especially with social media now, guys. Like social media is so nuts. Like you read that stuff and you don't know people's tempers sometimes, you know, and you don't know what's going on. You know, a lot of these guys think so we're superheroes and stuff and blah blah blah. Like they can tell us whatever we want and we're not going and we cannot react and and it's tough. You know, it's tough for us. But at the end of the day, it's what we signed up to and um, you know just surround yourself with great people and and that's what I did. I got a great team, great people behind me, and uh, we always figure it out. You know, it's it's always a learning curve. You always got to keep learning. You know, it's just like in mixed martial arts. It gotta be. You gotta approach mixed martial arts like life. That's the way I do it. You know, it's like if you're not evolving, then you're staying the same, and you get left behind. You talk about the support you have behind you. You always have your son out there, Rush. Yeah. Uh, what's it like to have a mini blessed always out there and kind of being cage side to see as you progress with your fights? What what's going on and just to have him out there. Yeah, I call him uh, Agent Double S. You know, Shine Stealer. That guy. That guy been cheating, stealing all my sign. But if it's anybody, it's him. And it's great, you know. I just, I just hopefully he can, um, you know, remember these, these kind of stuff, take this situation, and just become a great human being, and and keep spreading that positive vibes. Saturday night, big card, UFC 245. Everybody wants to watch your fights all the time, always. But why should people watch this card in addition to you being on it? Uh, you know, Christmas came 11 days early. New Year's Eve, a couple more days earlier than that. So December 14 is the new New Year's and Christmas. We're giving you guys a package deal. Make sure you guys tune in live, and uh, it's going to be a show. That's right. As Max mentioned, three title fights on this card, UFC 245, happening at the T-Mobile Arena December 14th. Max, the co-main event, UFC featherweight champion, putting that title on the line for the fourth time against Alexander Volkanovsky. Max, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for your time, Max. And do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on social? You can find me at BlessMMA on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on YouTube, Max Holloway. Hiker Holloway just dropped, so tune in. Looking for a great gift for someone in your life? 
But are you tired of getting them the same old dull cliche gift like socks, wallets, ties? Well, Harry's is a gift that's practical and thoughtful. Listeners of this show can get $5 off of any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash blue wire. Free shipping ends on December 16th. So act now. Harry's is a great deal for you and for him. Holiday sets start at $20. That's within Secret Santa limits. And Harry's blade refills are as low as $2 each. So your guy will save money over time. It comes ready to gift in a handsome holiday gift box and your gift gives back. 1% of each sale will be donated to charitable organizations. As a special offer for fans of this show, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off of any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets when you go to harrys.com slash blue wire plus you'll get free shipping each harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle option to engrave five blade razor cartridges foaming shave gel for a rich lather travel cover to protect your blades and is packaged in a handsome holiday gift box free shipping ends on december 16th so act now just go to harrys.com slash blue wire that's harrys.com slash blue wire Welcome back to the RJ Ringside. Again, that was Max Holloway who just joined us, the UFC featherweight champion. We're going to be rolling out that interview also on YouTube. Make sure to go to Review Journal Twitter. Check us out there. Find all of the updates on anything happening with the UFC as well for Saturday night. We will be there at UFC 245, Usman versus Covington, the main event. But this card, as we said with Max, man, there's three title fights here. We haven't had a card like this, much less in Las Vegas in a long time. I know they've been trying to give us one, and I probably just jinxed it at him because every time we seem to get a card that looks like this, it, it kind of falls apart. And Amanda Nunes is always here too on these cards to save it and make it like the main event happen. But I think this time we're going to be in good shape. We're going to get all three of these title fights. We have um, Amanda Nunes on this card. We got uh, Usman and Covington on this card. And that one is one that I think is going to be a really big title fight because these two have had like just stuff brewing that granted I don't think that either of them are really the best smack talkers ever I think that a lot of it feels so forced but the lead up to this fight should be interesting uh I wonder if we get another shirtless Usman here coming out when when they do their stare downs later today um Adam what do you see when you look at this card on paper uh with the respect to the three uh, title fights and especially the one between Usman and Covington it's not, it's not like a, you know, Conor McGregor or John Jones type card where you have that, you know, overwhelming superstar kind of controlling everything uh, and sucking up all of the all of the attention and all of uh, the focus on the card. You have really just a, a tremendous card top to bottom with really, really good fights. So I, I don't know how this is going to do in terms of a mainstream uh, attraction. I don't know if somebody who's not really a fan of, of MMA is going to look at this and say, oh, I just have to watch this guy fight. But they probably should because there's really good fights, really high-level competition, competitive fights, uh, and honestly great storylines even if if those superstars aren't there. I mean the Usman-Covington storyline is is one that intrigues me uh, more than many have in a long time. Uh, you've got Kobe Covington, who I, I will say is is he created a character. This is not who Kobe Covington is. He plays a character. And has and, and has uh, you know driven people nuts, but I think even more than you know the anger that he generates. And for you know, if, I'm sure most people listening to this are MMA fans, so they they know what Kobe Covington is. But I'll, I'll just say what he is is a he basically has 
he's created this character of a just a, a diehard Trump supporter who wears the Make America Great Again hat and, you know, rips on immigrants and all these things. Like he does a character of a caricature of a Trump supporter. But so you've got all these people that hate him because of that, which I don't know why you're wasting your energy hating a fake character, but they do. But then you also have a really weird dynamic to me of like Trump supporters now embrace him as like their guy even though it's fake which it, it's very it's a very weird dynamic to me but so you have that all coming together uh on one side and then he just so happens to be fighting a dominant champion who also is an immigrant to the country like it, it's very um it, it's just it's just kind of a perfect political dynamic and storyline uh, going into the fight. So I, I think that's very intriguing. So even if these guys are not the most exciting of fighters, you have, you know, you have that kind of fun uh, element at the top. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, who's just been a dominant uh, force uh, as he rose through the ranks of featherweight going up against Max Holloway, who, you know, as um, you know, we just heard from is, is, you know, on the verge of trying to compete for that, you know, one of the best fighters of all time kind of title. So, no, he's there, and then Amanda Nunez, who might be the best fighter of all time. She's on the on the female side of things, and I think you know there's the interesting dynamic of, you know, do you say she's the best fighter of all time, the best female fighter of all time? I think you can just say among one of the best fighters of all time. Uh, all those things are great, but then you've got all the names like you know Jose Aldo, Uriah Faber, Mike Perry, who always is you know bringing some kind of fireworks and uh, whether good or bad, and like all these guys, you know, veterans and guys who've been around forever, like Matt Brown and Ben Saunders. There's just kind of something for everybody on this card, which I think is very cool. Yeah, and the whole thing you said with Colby Covington, I found it interesting because Donald Trump Jr. went onto Twitter to tweet his support of him uh, ahead of the fight and said, like, hey, guys, you know, let's go Colby and something like that. I didn't read the whole tweet. I just kind of saw it and scrolled past it, to be honest. But I, I, I saw that it was in support of Colby in my quick read of it. On the UFC Embedded, they showed uh, Trump, you know, Trump Tower came to pick him up. Drop them off at Trump Tower. People are in front of Trump Tower, like waving at him and saying hi. So he's a uh, he should wear like maybe a Trump twenty twenty on the shorts. He probably. Oh, well, I, I was gonna say you can't you can't because it's a uh, it's all Reebok. But at the same time, Dana makes exceptions. Yeah, every yeah. once in a while they make an exception, and you know Dana did speak for Trump at the convention, so maybe maybe he'll let that happen. Well, we talked about Alexander Volkanovsky with Max Holloway, who was in studio yet again, and uh, we. We're breaking down the fact that this guy has six straight UFC wins. Overall, he has 17 fights that he's won in a row leading up to this fight. I mean, it's pretty incredible when you look at his resume. And something Larry and I were talking about um, off the mic here was that the fact that his durability is going to be pretty solid because he's a former rugby player. I mean, you have to really sacrifice a lot of your body to play that sport. So, Larry, when you look at Volkanovski, I mean, how much do you think that that plays kind of in his favor, that toughness? It obviously helps, but he's a fighter. I mean, he's a he's a fighter at the UFC level, so we know he's a tough dude. Um, but, yeah, I think that durability and stuff will, will help him with his, his charge forward coming at Max. He's just got to be careful. I, I really think Max is – a very accurate striker, and um, I, like I told you guys, I watched the the one fight that stood out to me the most with Max was the uh, Ortega fight, and he was he was just using his reach and distance so well, and leading Ortega in and just popping Ortega, m you know, working the angles, and I, I just think um, Volkanovski is going to really have to try to press the fight, bring the action towards Max, get a hold of him, and try to 
try to hold him up against the fence. I don't think he'll win a striking battle with Max. Okay, Adam, what do you make of Volkanovski? Really, you know, you, you mentioned the the kind of the key words, the uh, the generic terms we throw around for him, like tough. Tough. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> All those things. Strong. He's very strong too. Um, but as, as Max said, even though he he looks small, he looks short. Uh, he's actually a very stout guy. He's, he's fought up as high as welterweight before. Uh, he's he's just very solid, and he's got a uh, pretty significant reach. Even though uh, he doesn't look like a very big guy, it looks like he look. I mean, he looks it just looks short in there, five foot six. So when when he's in there, um, you know, you you might be kind of fooled and thrown off by you know, what he looks like, but he he definitely is uh, very very powerful, and I think presents those challenges because. Uh, he can be aggressive. He pushes pay, pushes pace on guys uh, that could be effective. But Max Holloway's kind of seen every every type of style kind of thrown at him, and he's been able to to neutralize all of that. I, I think it's if you're going to fight uh, out, or if you're going to fight Holloway, excuse me. I think this is probably the kind of style you want to take into a fight. So I think it's a, it's a tough matchup for for Holloway. But Holloway has just been so good. Uh, you know, we saw him lose that that fight to Poye, but for the most part. He's just kind of figured out every style, and uh, I, I think you know Volkanovski is really stepping up in class here. You know, he's he's a guy who's fought. He fought a former champion like Jose Aldo. Um, you know, he's fought some really good fighters, but you know Holloway is kind of on a different level than what he's seen before. Yeah, Volkanovski. When I look at him, there's two things he reminds me of, and one's kind of going to be maybe a weird analogy, but Maurice Jones-Drew from like you know when back in the day when he was running through people, like I always looked at Maurice Jones-Drew the way he ran, and I was like, man, this guy's like a bowling ball. He just like goes through people, breaks through the tackles, and then like and the other one is from X-Men when you look at the Juggernaut. You're speaking a foreign language to me right now. Wait, if we were talking about like Vanderpump oh, yeah, or like. I- I almost watched an episode because of Adam, but I couldn't do it. I did, and I couldn't do it. I went through six minutes. I was like, what am I watching? You don't understand the backstories. You've got to really figure out all the characters, and there's a great character development on the show. It looks like a show that you could put on mute and watch. Let's move on to the bantamweight title fight here between Amanda Nunes and Jermaine Durandamy, who is a former featherweight champion, which is interesting because Amanda is thinking that perhaps she goes up to featherweight after this fight. But I would think that she would really only do that and and work there in that division if she gets a win here. Um, Granted, she had the featherweight belt as well. And um, it's interesting when you, you hold on to two belts because to simultaneously defend them is quite, a, a, I guess, a, a juggling act. And you don't ever know what the UFC is going to do when you have one belt in one division and one belt in another division and they're going to strip you one. But in this case, I feel like the UFC women's featherweight division is in rather, I guess, low depth and kind of shambles. And I, I always wonder, like, is this something they're going to keep around because they really don't have a roster for it? So when you look at that and her saying that she's going to go up to featherweight, I mean, do you think that that is a smart move for her to do? I mean, I get it for her weight cut that it's difficult, but at the same time, there's just not a lot of depth right now in that division. What do you think, Adam? I, I think the fact that this fight is being contested at bantamweight tells you they they probably don't want her to go to featherweight permanently, and they probably don't really know what to do with that featherweight belt right now because this fight feels like it should probably be at 145. Uh, Amanda Nunez holds the title at both weight divisions. Durandamy has already been the featherweight champion before. Uh, it doesn't really make sense that you would do this fight at 135 if you have plans uh, for the 45-pound division in the future. But who knows? It could also be, hey, Durandamy could win this title, and then Amanda Nunez is like, well, I'm I'm at 145 now, and I still have the title 
there. I, I don't know what they really plan on doing with this, and I, I don't know that they really know. Uh, I think it was more just, hey, let's just have a good fight. You could have even done it 140 and just said, hey, the winner gets both belts. I, 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 they had a lot of options, I guess, uh, in terms of where to have this fight. But uh, the, the 135 is the much, much deeper division, the division that's far more established in the UFC. So it, I, I guess it, it makes some sense to continue this one on and see what happens at 45. But uh, this fight, it, it should be uh, it should be pretty solid because I, I think Durandamy is is good enough. Uh, to present some problems for Amanda Nunez, but Amanda Nunez has such a high level of confidence at this point. Uh, that was kind of what was missing from her game early on, and she found it. And, and I, I think it becomes very difficult now to to try to find weaknesses when her confidence level is it's so high. Yeah, and the Renamay, for what it's worth, I think might try to make it one of these fights where she gets deliberately into close quarters to try to clinch up and work uh, against the cage or something like that. But um, I don't think that that against Amanda Nunes is a smart plan whatsoever to get in there and uh, try to get to close quarters with her. And yeah, so it was like, what, six years ago when they fought, but um, she already does have a loss to her. So, I mean, I don't see any other outcome really than what kind of already happened in the past, even though they were much different fighters six years ago and everybody evolves but I, I think that Amanda finisher like within early like within the first two rounds well you look at the last two fights um, like Amanda Nunez's fight against Holly Holm was extremely impressive and then you look at Jermaine Dermandamines against um, Ashley Ladd I believe and that just looked like it looked like an amateur fighter fighting a pro like it, it was a bad stoppage I, in my opinion mm-hmm. a bad stop mm-hmm. but also it was a non-competitive it wasn't going to be a competitive fight so um, I give the edge to Nunez. I think Nunez is just a beast. I think um, to play off a little bit what Adam was saying, she's kind of got the mental attitude of what um, Max was in here saying, that it's legacy. It's about legacy now. Mm-hmm. She's cleaned out those divisions. She's got both belts. Now it's just about cementing the legacy for her. And I think when you have a fighter that's like that, that's a dangerous fighter as well. You know, And I think that um, age is what, what defeats fighters like that. Age. Interesting you say age. Because on this card we got old man Faber. He's uh, 40 years old now, fighting Peter Young. 40 is a new 20. What do you yeah, no, I'm just teasing because in fighter years, that's like saying you're 65 and you should be collecting Social Security. But Uriah Faber is not having that. He's like coming out here. He's got his daughter Callie now, which, of course, what other name would you give your daughter if you're Uriah Faber? Um, a father coming into the cage again and... Man, it's just, it's kind of, this card has a little bit of nostalgic feeling for me when you look down it, you look at, you know, you got Ben Saunders on there, you got Matt Brown on there. Um, but yeah, Uriah Faber and Peter Young, that's an interesting matchup to me. I'm especially um, interested in the bantamweight fight, though, ahead of that, um, Marlon Morais against Jose Aldo. If it happens. Why do you say that? I, I mean, I. It's hard to make their, like, I, I know for a fact 35 is a really hard weight to make and he's he easily could have been a lightweight oh, I, I just I, I don't know I mean yeah maybe he we'll see we're not we, I guess we can't judge on what he might do the, the end of this week it's just it doesn't seem safe and I know the UFC does a much better job now monitoring weight cuts and seeing where guys are throughout the week it just it it looks uncomfortably uh you know he looks uncomfortably drawn out already it's it's gonna be rough in, like in California right now they have that rule that you have to be within a certain percentage of the weight and then they won't allow you to even cut if you don't come in on fight week at a certain weight i think it's like 10 percent of what you're supposed to be at so um i don't know it's just gonna be 
I guess it's a tough one for him, especially like you said, Larry, as you get older, it's harder to cut. That, and then he's fighting a guy that that's his natural division, yeah. you know? I mean, Mora's, that that's where he fights. So yeah. you're, you're not only fighting a guy who's fit and equipped to make those cuts, but you, I, it's just, I don't know. It's going to be, I hope we see a great Jose Aldo that night if we see him, but yeah, it's going to be rough. And so with Faber and Peter Jan, this isn't another one that we uh, want to break down real quick. Uh, when it, you come back for being out for so long uh, with Uriah, you know, I mean, he's competed a little bit, I think, in some grappling stuff. And he's obviously training every day because he's got fighters that he's had um, in the cage. Like we just saw one of his um, out there in Song Yadong who just fought at the last UFC card. He fights also under Faber. So we saw him cornering just last week. But, I mean, he came back. He, he did a good job against Ricky Simon. So I don't know that Faber really has all that, you know, issues coming back with his age or anything like that. But um, when you look at Peter Yan, how do you see this matchup playing out, Adam? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm interested to see what Uriah Faber actually looks like. I think what we saw last time when he came back in that fight was a very quick knockout. It was very emotional and just like – almost a, an adrenaline dump of throwing everything you have into that first round. Mm-hmm. What does he actually look like if the fight gets stretched out? And I think that that's the big question that Uriah Faber has to answer in this comeback. And, you know, we'll see because I, I don't expect it to be a very quick fight like the last time. And uh, I, I actually kind of feel like Jan might be able to wear him down a little bit as the fight goes on. And and, and I think that's the that that is the question still for Uriah Faber to answer in this comeback. And we'll see, I think, on Saturday night if he's able to. Yeah, and Jan's been on a tear, man. Like he hasn't lost yet in the UFC. Uh, most of his fights, like he, he he's able to go the distance and he has a pretty like what I've seen, not really he doesn't get drained that easily. So he's got a pretty solid gas tank, is what I'm trying to say. First day of my new mouth. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that this one will be a true test, like you said, Adam, for Faber coming back in the cage. All right, as we look down the card really quick, um, I mentioned the Matt Brown, Ben Saunders fight. Do you guys have any particular car, fight on this card that you're looking at that you're like, wow, this one is going to be a barn burner? Maybe Mike Perry, Jeff Neal might jump out at you. I don't know. Um, Larry, what do you see on this card? Like one of those fights that you really keep your eye on? I mean, if the Aldo uh, if the Aldo Morris fight happens, that one I'm really excited about that. The Mike Perry fight looks very interesting, but uh, I'm really excited about the the Matt Brown Ben Saunders fight. Of course, you're just an old man. I'm an old yeah, I'm an old guy. <laughs> I, I want to see those guys. Yeah, I, I, hey, 40s and new 20. <laughs> anyway, so Saunders, it, it, it's just gonna be interesting. I know Saunders has been a, a Muay Thai, been fighting in or you know training Thailand for a while. Um, Matt Brown's just a beast, so it's it's just gonna be nice to see those two locked in a cage together. Adam, what do you got? I'm I'm all about the the main event, the Usman Covington fight. That's that's the fight I've been waiting for for a long, long time. So I'm very excited about that. Of course, anytime Mike Perry fights, you get fired up to uh, <laughs> to just see what happens, not only during the week but also in the cage. Like anything can can go on there, and uh, I do want to see, especially uh, because she's local now. Uh, I do want to see how Jessica I kind of bounces back from. Uh, she was on you know a good run worked her way up into uh, the upper echelon of the division and then uh, just a you know awful setback in that championship fight that she had at UFC 238. So how does she bounce back from that uh, mentally and especially being so far down on the card, on the preliminary card, uh, kind of out of sight a little bit, uh, what she's able to do out of that loss? Yeah, I was surprised by that. I was, I was like, wow, she's always second fight of the night. 
on the preliminary fight card on UFC Fight Pass or ESPN Plus. That's like crazy to go from a main event. Maybe she stepped on Dana's shoe on the way out of the arena that night or something. If she did, it probably not deliberately, though, because, I mean, uh, you know, credit where it's due, Valentina Shevchenko, man. She took, yeah, she took care of business that night and quick. Jessica is, man, that was a tough one to watch. Um, but uh, that knockout. It still, I think, is something that, like Adam said, it was resounding. It's something you have to look at and see how she does come back from that and how she can rebuild herself in that division. All right, so that'll do it for us here on the RJ Ringside. Again, uh, this episode was presented to you by Harry's. You can keep up with us during the week. And for further episodes on ReviewJournal.com, you can find us there and anywhere else that you find your podcast. If you found this one, just keep listening here and subscribe. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Larry Mir, at Adam Hill LVRJ, and at Heidi Fang. Make sure to tune in on Saturday night because we will be doing a recap podcast live from the T-Mobile after all the action goes down. So keep up with us there. And that'll do it for everyone here today. So for Adam Hill, for Larry Mir, I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you so much for listening.